Happy Easter. Welcome to the Erie First Podcast, the weekly message series featuring Pastor Nicole Schreiber. We spent the last several weeks discussing the characteristics of God in a series called Introducing God. Pastor Nicole has been diving into several attributes of God, not only so we can better understand who he is, but so that we are better equipped to tell others about him. So far, she's examined the goodness of God, the justice of God, and the wisdom of God. Today, we're sharing our Easter message, and what better way to share about the love of God. So let's get started and discover how God is always at work in the dark places to bring His light into our lives. Here's Pastor Nicole. Well, good morning. Happy Resurrection Sunday. We are, yeah, you can be excited about that. I know we are here. I I told the staff this morning, uh, this is all year long. We have church every single Sunday so that we can have Easter Sunday. (laughs) That's what we do because we love being together and celebrating the resurrection. You know, we're Easter people. That video uh, that we began this service with talked about it. We're Easter people. And we set aside this weekend each year to remember why we are Easter people. We remember a heartbreaking Friday, a silent Saturday, and a miraculous Sunday. This, fr- this For the Friday Jesus was crucified was awful for his friends. It was awful for the followers of Jesus. In fact, it was anything but a good Friday. My young kids this week asked me as they're learning the story, why do we call it Good Friday, Mom? <laughs> I said, yeah, you know, it's funny. It was good for us, but it was not a good day for Jesus or his friends or his followers. Jesus was arrested, falsely accused, and died a criminal's death. And the disciples were fearful that they could be next. On top of that, the disciples were disillusioned. They had walked for three years with Jesus. They watched him perform amazing miracles and display God's incredible power. But now things had come all crashing down. And you had to think that they must have been thinking to themselves, how could this be happening to God? It doesn't seem like Jesus is going to live up to the promises that he made. And maybe you felt like this at times. You thought God would come through in a certain way, and he didn't. Perhaps someone who claimed to love Jesus hurt you deeply, and that made you pull away um, significantly from God. Maybe you feel a bit disillusioned by faith, or maybe you've asked yourself recently, uh, does God even care? Like, does God even love me? Is he even real? And the disciples knew that feeling. In fact, I think we could call those Friday feelings. Those were Friday feelings. The next day uh, was Saturday, and Saturday was quiet, silent. Interestingly, the entire day that Jesus lay in the grave was the Passover Sabbath for the Jewish people. Now listen, they didn't understand this yet, but Jesus was making a statement. The day that he laid in the tomb was not just random. It was purposeful. It was a calculated day. He was signifying that he abolished the ceremonial law. Okay, he was not with the others participating in the rules and the ceremonies of that special day because he was in the tomb. And his point was, listen, I'm here. I'm not doing these things because all of that is is dead now. We're dead to all of those observances. The people, you don't need them anymore to connect with God. What I am doing right now will forever be enough. And so I'm not with you doing the ceremonial things. I'm not with you doing those things because Christ's work on the cross is more than enough. Yeah, thank you, God. Just when it looks like Jesus is buried for good, Jesus is busy doing something miraculous in the dark, isn't he? 
Jesus isn't, isn't dead. He isn't uh, doing nothing. The, the disciples didn't know what was happening, but Jesus was busy doing something miraculous in the dark. Pilate posted a guard at the tomb because when they put Jesus's body in there, they weren't just burying a person. They were burying a whole revolt. <laughs> they were burying an entire set of new beliefs and teachings that threatened what they believed to be true. So when the stone was rolled to the entrance, the enemies of Jesus sighed in relief. They were thinking, whew, that, that was almost a problem. <laughs> now we have that troublemaker, that whole revolt, all these people who uh, believe that there's this Messiah coming. That is dead now. We put it in the tomb. Nothing will threaten what we're, what we're happening here. But <laughs> when the stone was rolled to the entrance, they, they were feeling very relieved. But what the world thinks, when the world thinks Jesus is done... When the world thinks Jesus is done for and out of the way, what the world thinks is buried for good, we know Jesus is just getting started. Jesus is at work in the dark places. And I want to remind you today that all those Friday feelings of pain and disillusionment and fear and hurt and heartache, that Jesus is at work in those dark places he has not gone very far, that he is at work. And so if you have some of those Friday feelings, some of that pain and disillusionment and fear and hurt in your life, Jesus, maybe he feels far away to you, but he is with you and he is at work in those places. He has not gone very far. For 20 centuries, the world has given it their best shot all in vain because no one can bury Jesus. The grave can't hold him in. No one can silence him or limit him, and Jesus did not stay in that tomb. In fact, death itself was about to die that day. Hallelujah. Are you thankful for that this morning? Give Jesus some thanks today. That death itself was about to die. So Friday was excruciating. Saturday was silent. But Sunday, Sunday was miraculous. I want to read to you in Luke 24, 1 through 5, what it says happened. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. And in their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. And the women, they found good news in the graveyard. Good news, the tomb is empty. Death has lost its sting. The grave has lost its victory. And the love of God has won the day. You know, God's ultimate expression of love comes in the death and resurrection of Jesus. 1 John 3.16 says, This is how we know what love is, that Jesus Christ laid down his love for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. The love of God is unspeakable. It's hard to explain or understand in our human capacity, yet Romans 8 teaches us we can't ever be separated from it. The love of God is unending. Jeremiah 31.3 tells us God's love is eternal and everlasting. The love of God is unselfish. 
God's love doesn't ask for anything in return. 1 John 4 tells us God first loved us and the love of God is unmerited. It can never be earned or deserved. And the love of God is unconditional. It's not based on what we can or cannot produce. This love comes from the heart of God. And here's the thing about Christ's love. Christ's love is unspeakable, unending, unselfish, unmerited, and unconditional. And his love is for you today. His love is for me today. And so I want to take a few minutes and let you hear some stories of God's amazing, extravagant love from some people in our church family. Um, So first, I would like to invite Evan and Gia uh, here with me this morning. Would you welcome them as they come? Thank you so much for being here with me today. This is Evan and Gia. They're good friends, and they both attend uh, Erie First Christian Academy, and I'm so grateful that they're willing to share today just um, how the love of God has been real in their lives in these past few years. Um, So let's just talk about, tell me some things about your recent spiritual journey. Gia, you want to start us off with that? So... um... I grew up in a Christian school and going to church every Sunday, so I was kind of taught how to have a relationship with God and how it should look and stuff. So my relationship was really fake. It was really just shown for others and to get like attention from it and stuff. So I really drew away from God and I started getting into things like I started getting into that party lifestyle, I guess I could say, and it... um, it just wasn't, it wasn't working for me. It wasn't fulfilling me. And so I then found God again. And my relationship with God now is a lot more real. It's very personal now. And yeah. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. Give God some thanks. Okay, all right, so what was the turning point um, maybe in your faith? You guys kind of talked through, there was like this place where you really had to make it your own. Uh, maybe, Gia or Evan, can you share what was kind of the turning point in your faith? Um, probably it was a year ago. Actually, the year ago just passed like two months ago. So it's been like a year and two months. Um, kind of similar with Gia. Like I was just, it was just a dark time in my life. And I was just getting myself into things like, I know, like, I shouldn't have been getting myself into. And it wasn't to the point where, like, I got myself into a, a bit of a pickle. It was a, it was a situation, and it was, it was a life-threatening situation. And um, I, had, I had nobody there. You know, I had nobody to help me. And I called on the Lord, and that was really, he really just saved me right there. And See my life. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for that. So uh, what's different um, now? What's different now about your faith? How does that look? What does that do? Um, I mean, after hearing what happened to Evan, it really gave me a lot of hope to know that God is real and that he can save us. Um, yeah, there's like highs and lows to the faith, but... I know now how to deal with those lows and who to turn to and how to get help, you know? So good. What was the question? Yeah, good. So did you want to say anything about what's different? Yeah, 
was the question? Oh, uh, what's different now about your life after that kind of moment? I think now I'm just able to really use the glory for not just myself, and I'm really just able to, I guess, give, give the glory to God when I receive something like that. So, yeah. That's so good. And I think earlier you shared like the influence you have, uh, you can use it to give God glory instead of other things or other things. So yeah. Can you guys thank God just for God's great love displayed in Evan and Gia's life? Thank you. This is Lou. Um, he's been a part of our church for just about six months, and Lou has already been such a huge blessing to this church family. Uh, we are so grateful, Lou, that God brought you here. Thank you. Um, so tell us just a little bit about your faith journey kind of up until six months ago or so. What was it like? Um, I was born into a Catholic family, and for about the first 13 years, we were practicing Catholics. Somewhere about my teenage year, we stopped going, my family stopped going, so I just drifted away and never really had God in my life after that point. For 40 years, I did my own thing. I drank, I partied, um, probably lived through situations that I shouldn't have lived through. Looking back, I know why now. Um, <laughs> thought I had everything, lived for more material things than anything else. The last decade of that 40 years, I had everything in my life. Physically, I had a beautiful wife, and there wasn't anything more physically I could think I would need, but there was still something missing. Wow. wow. So tell us about the day that it kind of all changed. November 10th, 2021. I went grocery shopping out of the house and, and drove down to Cambridge Springs to shop down there. I was coming back up. I live near McCain. Coming back up, I passed my house, and I pulled into the church parking lot, <laughs> knowing why, but not really knowing why. Hmm. Sat in church parking lot for a good 15, 20 minutes, knowing I was coming in, not knowing I was coming in, crying a little bit, not crying a little bit. Came into the office, probably scared somebody, um, <laughs> bawled my eyes out, tried to get a couple words out, sputtered a couple little things. The sweet secretary was like, do you need help, sir? <laughs> he uh, was like, I think so. <laughs> I, I might have managed to get out a, a yes. <laughs> Um, Pastor Don was there that day. It's normally not a day he was there. That's a sign. He came out and he talked to me. And within probably the first 20 minutes or so of us discussing life and everything else, I accepted Christ Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Amen. So uh, what's different? What is different now about your life than all those years before? Different now. Night and day is how I described it. Um, 
November 9th, my life was full of everything, but it was still dark spiritually. I was missing something inside myself. I had a physical purpose in life, but I didn't have a spiritual purpose in life. After November 10th, I found my spiritual purpose. I love serving God. It's just something I want to do now. Um, everything in my life is fulfilled. I think I have everything I want. I serve as much as I can, and I don't actually serve because I feel I have to. I feel that on November 10th, everything I've done in the prior to that was, is forgiven. Yes. I serve God now because I, in my heart, just want to serve. I love it. Oh, Lou, thank you. Thank you. Thank God for his great love and Lou's life. Thank you. I'd like to invite Jeff and Tracy Williams up here with me this morning. Now, uh, Jeff and Tracy have been coming to our church for a wee bit longer than six months. <laughs> um, they've been this legends of faith here at Erie First. Uh, Jeff and Tracy are some of the most genuine and generous people I've ever met. And I'm just so thankful they're willing to share just some of their story um, with us today. So uh, this past year, um, you guys faced a challenge. Tell us a little bit about what that challenge was. Good morning, church family. Uh, yes, on May 29th of last year, uh, Tracy was diagnosed with breast cancer uh, that had spread uh, throughout her uh, spine area uh, from the top of the neck, lower neck, uh, to the top of the spine uh, and several other areas in her body. Uh, so that was May 29th. On June 4th, that Friday, she had to have emergency surgery uh, due to the pressure that the tumor was placing on the top of her spine uh, by her neck there. So that surgery was needed. Uh, I just want to say we're thankful for Hammond Medical and all that they did, their staff, the doctors, medical science, mm. to help carry us through that season. So um, how you had this challenge, it was... Um nothing you expected. Uh, when it happened there in May and kind of coming up till now, how did you stand on the love of God, you know, really through that challenge? Yes, thank you. Good question. So on Sunday, June 6th, um, so right after the surgery, uh, Pastor Nicole uh, had a uh, special time of prayer for us, for our family, uh, between the two morning services. And that was just such an encouragement to our entire family. Um, over these past 10 months, our family have have all felt uh, just an overwhelming love and support from our church in just such a great abundance. Uh, your prayers, uh, your intercession for us helped us carry us to victory. Uh, you did more than you could ever know. Um, we pictured it as, as you were, your prayers were building this fence and wall surrounding us, keeping out the trials and the discouragement that Satan was trying to throw at us. 
So that was just awesome. The meals that you provided, uh, you all were just a bunch of great cooks, so that was awesome. Uh, your words of encouragement, the, uh, the cards built us up and kept us strong uh, in our faith, leaning on and trusting Jesus every step of the way. As we were in this fight for Tracy's very life, uh, our church family was there for us in a huge way. Family takes care of family, and our church family was awesome. As we were going through this, we developed a uh, prayer strategy and a battle plan according to Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, about 20 years ago, my mom uh, passed away from breast cancer, so we could not stand on past experiences. Uh, we purposely had to choose to stand on God's word and to put our faith in God's promises. Our home became a war zone, if you will, as we developed a battle plan according to the word of God. We agreed together in prayer constantly as a family, Tracy and our three daughters. We posted scripture up all over the home. You know, the Bible says that we should put the word of God on our door frames of our home. So we took that literally and we put it up on the walls, the bathroom, on the fireplace mantle, everywhere in our house there was scripture declaring the promises from God's word. Uh, and we prayed these promises as we needed to regularly remind ourselves what God had promised us as his children. And I personally had to keep God's promises in front of me because I knew the scriptures and I had prayed them many times before, but I had to know what God was saying for me in this situation. It wasn't a formula, but it was faith in what God's word says. I had to keep his promises in front of me. There was never a defeated word spoken in our home. And if a defeated thought came into my mind, I had to realize that it was a lie, that Satan is defeated, and I had to replace it with scripture. I had to realize God's promises are true even when I wasn't seeing them because I know Jesus died for my sins and for my sicknesses. I would picture the cross and the love that he showed each one of us by dying on the cross. And as one song says, he died and he heals because he loves us. I focused on God's promises. I listened to worship music continually even when I slept. We had times of family prayer and worship. I, um, I read the healing scriptures, and I listened to online service when I wasn't able to come. But I was so thankful when I could come back, because there's something about being in the presence of the Lord that I could hear him speak more clearly. And there were times when someone would um, give a word through the Holy Spirit, and it was like he was speaking right to me. And it was so encouraging to me. I'm so thankful for my family and for all of you who battled with us, loved on us, and prayed with us. And it was your encouragement that kept us going. So what, uh, what do you guys want to, us to know about your journey, you know, kind of through the hardship? We could talk for so long about all the ways that God, I know you're just giving a kind of a skim off the top, but if you really wanted someone to take something away from today, maybe even people that don't know you at all, this is their first introduction, what would you want them to know about your journey through this hardship? That God's promises are true. We stood on the promises of God and what the Bible says, because God loves us and we have the victory through Jesus. Amen. Um, if you know Tracy, you know she has a very joyful spirit with a lot of laughter. 
So we stood on the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I had to realize that the reason the Son of God, the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of Satan. We chose to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts. We had to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power and take a stand against Satan. As Ephesians 6 says, we had to take up the shield of faith, which, which we can extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. And I had to really believe the verse that said, by his wounds, we are healed. Amen. We regularly declared that by the wounds Jesus bore on the cross at, Chris, at the crucifixion, Tracy is healed. And I got a personal word from the Lord. I knew God promises to never leave us or forsake us. And from the very beginning, I felt like God was saying, I've got this, love Jesus. One Sunday, my dad came over to watch online service with me. And as he was praying, he saw Jesus sit down next to me and put his arm around me. And when he got up to leave, he said, I've got this. What a confirmation of what God was doing. So, um, where are you in the journey now? Where are we now? That was May 29th, but here we are, uh, April 17th, and tell us what's happening. In the beginning of March, I had a doctor's appointment, and the doctor came in with a big smile on his face and said, my blood work is completely normal, and all the tests have shown that the cancer has disappeared. So praise the Lord, I'm cancer-free. purchased this chalk drawing of a candelabra for $60. They found it in an old house uh, from a maid's room. Nobody thought it was very important. And so for decades, it sat in storage until one day a visiting scholar recognized it for what it was. And he said, that's an original Michelangelo. <laughs> they wiped the dust off it. Today, it's valued at over $12 million. When I read that story, I got to thinking that nothing about that drawing changed from 1940 when it was discovered. But as soon as the artist was known, the demand immediately went higher. And that painting is highly valued because many collectors would pay millions for it. 
Maybe you're here today and you feel uh, like an ordinary person. And if you talk to Evan or Gia or Lou or Jeff or Tracy, they would tell you they're just ordinary people that have experienced an extraordinary amount of God's love. Maybe you feel like a humble sketch stashed away unnoticed in a storage room, but the love of God is here to remind you that you are far more valuable, that the cross and the empty tomb tell a different story, that Jesus clearly claimed you as his own out of his deep love for you. The artist has been revealed and the demand for your redemption is high. And the collector, the artist himself, Jesus Christ, was willing to pay the highest price for you, his beloved work of art. You don't have to show God you're worthy of love. His promised love is unconditional and free. Have you ever thought, what more could God do to show you that he loves you? Have you ever considered how valuable your life must be to God given the price that he paid for you? That's why we're Easter people. We're Easter people today and we're Easter people every day of the year because we know that Jesus paid the highest price for us. Would you stand as we sing this final song together? You know, once you realize what God has done and he's done more than enough to demonstrate his love, the next move is ours. God has said, I love you in countless ways. So how do we say it back to him? How do we respond to his love? Well, his response, our response, is to receive his love and believe by faith. Now, maybe you're here today and you've never trusted Jesus with your heart. You've never repented of your sin and you've never asked Jesus to be Lord of your life and savior of your soul. Maybe some of what Evan or Gia talked about or, or Lou or, or, or Jeff and Tracy hit to you today and maybe your heart, you don't even know them and you're feeling a little weepy. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is trying to get you to understand that the love of God is so deep, it stretches into even your situation, into even whatever story and thing that you're facing today. And I want to tell you, if you haven't given your life to Jesus, or maybe it's just been a really long time since you've engaged in your relationship with God, today is the day to make that decision. It is such a good day to mark in your spiritual history that on Easter 2022, you said, look, I'm going to give my heart to the Lord and I'm going to ask him to help me understand and know him better. And all you have to do is confess with your lips and believe in your heart that the loving God we serve is waiting to have a relationship with you. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna just celebrate together this last final song. And if you're here today and you wanna give your heart to the Lord, if you, if you just wanna maybe even rededicate your heart to the Lord, I want you to come down to these prayer tables to my right and to my left. Nothing creepy or crazy is gonna happen. They're just gonna pray for you. They're gonna help you understand. In fact, before you come, ask the person next to you to go with you, okay? I think they, they will. <laughs> They'll come with you in support. We need each other. As the Williams talked about, we're family. So if you want to do that, go ahead and do that. And secondly, if you just want to come down here and worship the King of Kings and your loving Savior on Easter Sunday like I do, let's just do that together. Let's thank God. Hallelujah. It's finished. Maybe you don't have a lot to be thankful for today, but would you come down and thank God for Jeff and Tracy's report? Would you come down and thank God that Lou found peace and hope? And would you come down and thank God that Gia and Evan now have a purpose and a focus? Let's just come now. Let's worship. Let's thank God who he is on Easter Sunday, on Resurrection Sunday. Let's give it all we got for these last few minutes and say hallelujah is finished. Hallelujah, King.
listening to the Erie Force podcast. We'd love it if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. When you do, it helps us spread the message of the gospel even more. You can follow Erie First on Facebook or Instagram, or visit eriefirst.org for all our latest news, announcements, and information. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.